RadioInfluence.com. Former longtime public school teacher Rebecca Friedrichs rails against government schools and unions and the Marxist communist agenda and indoctrination destroying our schools and American values on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Some of you may wonder why I often refer to the Rock the Red Convention, which is rapidly approaching, being held May 6th and 7th in Greenville, South Carolina. The answer is short and sweet. When I first attended this stellar convention back in 2020, I had no idea it'd be a catalyst to me hosting a two-hour live political talk show. That certainly wasn't on my radar. James Bostick, the big boss man, host of A Conservative Perspective on the Internet, said I could and should do this while we sat together at the Saturday Night Gala dinner. Over the past two conventions, the Rock the Red staff, starting with the late Chairman Presley Stutz, made me feel like family. Getting to hear, meet, and converse with many of the guest speakers triggered the move. In my two years of hosting a live show and now a podcast, Rock the Red speakers who have appeared on this broadcast include Tracy Beans, Mike Cutler, Tom Del Beccaro, John DeLemme, Donna Fiducian, Don Nguyen, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Dr. Elena George, John Guandolo, Gene Ho, Thomas Holman, Lucretia Hughes, Claire Lopez, Trevor Loudon, K. Carl Smith. Get the idea? So I do hope you understand while I'm truly stoked, locked and loaded to head back to Greenville to hear keynote speakers, Lara Trump, Roger Stone and Mike Lindell. So I encourage you to go to rocktheredusa.com to see the complete array of guest speakers and the various ticket packages designed to fit your needs. Hope you'll attend and get your conservative groove on. You won't regret it. On to the topic at hand. She easily could have taught kids in public school, collected her paycheck, and enjoyed life with her husband and children. But Rebecca Friedrichs couldn't do that. She just couldn't go down that path. Rebecca not only took on her school, but the California's Teachers Association and its forced unionism for teachers edict after she realized what really was going on behind the scenes. And she didn't stop there. Rebecca is taking on all radical and destructive forces as an author, founder of a movement, and producer of a film. What are the hows and whys behind her burning desire to protect our school kids? Let's get into it. Her lawsuit, Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association, which sought to free teachers from forced unionism, was argued before the United States Supreme Court in 2016 and blazed the trail for ending forced unionism for teachers and all government employees. Why did Rebecca go that route? Because the longtime public school teacher reached a point where she just had to take a stand in regard to being forced to fund state and national teachers union whose radical politics and divisive tactics degraded her profession 
our schools, and our national character. Now, it would have been nice if this issue ended right there, but the battle rages on and on. So, Rebecca continues to fight to stop so-called teachers' union from destroying our schools and America's values. She spoke at the 2020 Republican National Convention. We all saw that. She's hosted a PragerU video. She's the author of the book Standing Up to Goliath, the founder of the National Movement for Kids and Country, and producer of Whose Children Are They, a documentary film we all need to see. I am elated to bring to the show Rebecca Friedrichs. How are you, Rebecca? I'm great, Gary. Thanks for that very kind intro. Well, what is kind is that you have come on, and I really appreciate it. And boy, the listeners need to hear what you have to say. Because uh, people just don't necessarily get this. Um, I have a buddy who made a film called Agenda, Grinding America Down, and his second film was called uh, Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. Curtis Bowers. Mm. And at the beginning of Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit, this is how part of the film opens. He said, quote, we showed the film agenda. Then afterwards, I was answering questions. A man stood up and said, I want to congratulate you in your research and how you found all the socialist communist influence that have changed America. My hat's off to you. And I said, thank you, sir. But then he stopped and I could tell something was coming. He said, I want to tell you something. I'm a professor at this college. I am a communist and we will win because we're taking all your children. And then he walked out. A woman in the front row who was crying said, how could he be at our little community college? I said, ma'am, he's in every school in America. And the problem is, and wrap it down any way you want to tell it, Rebecca, it's reached down into the elementary schools and all the way down to the public school level. They have, they, they're, they're getting way too young now. It has reached down to the preschool level. Children, children who are in publicly funded preschools, and this is why the Biden regime wants all children to be in publicly funded preschools. They want to expand preschools and uh, junior college for all students so that they can indoctrinate our children younger and longer. And this is, it's 100% true that these communists have infiltrated. They have infiltrated every state. They have infiltrated districts in the most conservative areas where you would think that your children are safe. How did they do it? They did it through the so-called teacher unions. These unions are not really teachers. They may have, you know, some of the people working in these unions, uh, you know, as leaders in these unions may have taught several years. They may be, quote, teachers, but they aren't really representatives of teachers or the heart of real teachers or the the job and, and vision of real teachers. And our, uh, you know, we're there to serve the children and the parents and to teach them well. These so-called teacher unions are there to destroy the American free republic they are there to brainwash our children into hating America, hating their parents, hating God, and rejecting everything that America is built upon. Why do they want to do that? Because they don't want America to be a free republic anymore. They want America to be a communist you know, hellhole, in my opinion. They want uh, a few um, very wealthy, very powerful people to be leader over the rest of us and we'll all be serfs and we'll own nothing and we'll be happy. This is their goal. They, they uh, are purposely 
damaging our children, purposely destroyed our educational system, removed things like phonics so that the children aren't learning to read well and they're getting dyslexia instead, removed uh, accurate science, accurate history, removed things like the Socratic method where children could really learn to think deeply, have critical thinking, removed the Bible, removed prayer, removed the Ten Commandments from the wall of every classroom. This is what these so-called teacher unions and their political allies have done to us on purpose. While all these teachers, many of them conservatives, many of them believers in God, have been funding these unions and were forced to fund them for decades, bullied by them. The unions use mafia tactics to control teachers and, by the way, other government employees. There are many corrupt government unions. For example, the CDC is, is uh, unionized. Any surprise that they have a lot of problems there. All of our agencies and institutions that are corrupt have government unions and they're doing this on purpose and it's time America wakes up and stops funding government unions. Are you in a government union? Stop funding it. Thanks to our lawsuit and another lawsuit, you don't have to fund them anymore. So that's our goal is to educate people that literally your rights are being stolen and if you're funding a government union, you are funding the destruction of your rights and your family and your kids. So stop funding them. Yeah, amen to that. And we'll get to get into your lawsuit. But I want to just go back one more time in case some people missed the beginning of the show before I brought you on. I'll say this one more time. 1958, W. Klan Skousen, former FBI agent. Here's what he said about the communist takeover of the United States. And this is not this year. It's not 10 years ago. It's not 25 years ago. We're talking about 1958. He wrote this. This was brought into Congress and they discussed this in 1963. Number 17. You want to know where we are? This is why we're where we are. Number 17, get control of schools. Use them as transition belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers' associations. Put the party line in textbooks. Done, 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 down. This is why we're going down this rabbit hole. Rebecca, where did parents ever get the idea that the government should be raising our kids in the first place? Yes, that's the, you know what? Uh, Our friend Alex Newman would say it this way. We need a paradigm shift because God gave children to the parents and it is the job and authority of parents to raise and educate their children. It is not the job of the government and parents never should have relinquished our children to the government. And so that's, that's one of the biggest problems. Parents think, well, I'm paying all these taxes and so the government should be educating my child. No, 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 no. First of all, we need to fight to lower those taxes, but Our American founders never, ever dreamed that the government would be involved in our educational system. When a town would be built, our American founders said, "Okay, you're building a town. We'll give you this little plot of land for you to build a school. That's what the government gave. That was a huge gift, a plot of land, huge gift for the town. But the townspeople were in charge of hiring the teacher, paying the teacher, bringing in the curricula, educating the children. The townspeople were in char- were um, you know had the voice. The parents had the voice. They were running uh, the the education of their children, not the government. The government wasn't involved at all. I have an aunt Jelaine. She died at 103, but she was a teacher in a one-room schoolhouse for 46 years in Minnesota. She told me she never once had a discipline problem. She never once had a child who couldn't learn. Why? Because the parents supported her 100% and the government was not involved. It was a beautiful thing. We need to get back to that. We need to get back to parents being in charge, teachers supporting parents and children, and government out, including their unions. 
Yeah, you're right about that. Now, one thing I've noticed, it just seems for some reason, people have trouble understanding evil and they have trouble understanding how bad something is until it's so bad that the stench, you can't avoid it. So please uh, tell people, in your opinion, how corrupt are the government unions and how much are they behind the destruction of our liberties, families and the republic? Because a lot of people will say, "Okay, yeah, they do a little bit of this over here and a little bit of that over there. No, this this is planned on purpose to overthrow our Constitution. Mainly, you got to get God out of the way first. Yep. And that's why, as you started, you said Ten Commandments out, prayer out of school, creation out. See, it's one thing if you want to teach evolution, but you need to keep creation in there, too. But they took one out and Mm -hmm. crammed the other down a patriotic throats. Right. Well, and they taught a theory as a fact. They didn't let our children use their God-given brains and uh, and look at the empty fossil record and say, oh, this is obviously a theory with no nothing to support it. So um, so that's just lying to our kids. That's not good education. I was a teacher for 28 years. I'd still be one if it wasn't so corrupt and if I didn't feel the need to and the call to get out and expose what's going on in our schools. But um, our schools are not to teach our children lies. They're not to teach our children fairy tales or to promote a political agenda, which is what they're doing. They're actually promoting an atheist agenda. It's a religion that they're promoting to our children, and it's a religion called atheism and communism. Um, The unions aren't shy. They don't hide what they're doing, particularly the teacher unions. They're the most brutal of all. But the SEIU, AFSCME, all these other uh, government unions, they're deeply corrupt and they make it very obvious in the kinds of uh, uh, legislation that they support, the kinds of, they, they, they support things like Black Lives Matter burning down your town. Uh, why would you support that if you wanted a, um, a safe and uh, a healthy republic? Why would you want people burning down your towns? Um, so this this has been you know you probably know better than about this than I do if you've had Curtis Bowers on but this is basically a, a long march it's been a long march mm-hmm. of the left into our institutions it's been going on for over a hundred years starting in the mid to eight, late 1800s the teacher unions were usurped and uh, infiltrated in the late 1800s and well they were teacher associations at the time and they were infiltrated by the unions these government unions I cannot state strongly enough how corrupt they are how brutal they are, how much they use mafia tactics to control and terrorize people, and how greedy they are, and how much they are trying to destroy our republic. And I agree with you that so many people think, oh, it's not that bad. And sadly, it's because they want to raise, they want a pension, they want all the perks that the union says they bring to them. But what people don't realize is they're being bought. They're being... um, Deceived, they're being told, "Oh, I'll give you." It's like the devil says, "You know, uh, uh, isn't this look? Doesn't this look enticing?" And you take it, and now you're trapped in a horrible situation. Well, that's what the unions have done. They have, uh, uh, you know, they've collected a bunch of money from the taxpayers via union dues, and they use that money to literally control states. I live in California. The teacher union controls my state, literally. Uh, The legislators are completely controlled with a two-thirds supermajority controlled by the teacher unions. That's corrupt. They've taken away the voice of parents. And these government unions are out for full destruction. If we don't wake up and we don't stop funding them, we could go under. 
So it's it's so vital that people awaken to this because we won them the right to stop funding these unions. How come most people don't know they have that right? Because the unions passed a bunch of laws in the states they control to make it illegal for government employers to tell the employees their rights. Why would they do that? Because they're crooked and they're corrupt and the only way they can win is by lying and cheating. So it's so important for people to awaken to this. These unions are not your friends. They are not really unions. They, if you were the devil and you wanted to push, uh, 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 you wanted to destroy someone, what would you do? You would hide behind a pretty face. You would hide behind a trusted face. So what did they do? They infiltrated teachers, the most trusted profession of all time. At that time, we're not most trusted anymore, thanks to the unions. <laughs> and they called themselves unions. They're not unions at all. They're political animals. They're communists, they're atheists, they're here to destroy our country and our families. And they call themselves teachers unions, they are neither one. They call themselves government unions, no they're not. Well, yeah. Now, devoted teachers spoke up in defense of children, parents, scientific fact, and American values. And for speaking up and for your rightful dedication the teachers union lauded you, presented plaques, and gave raises, right? <laughs> well, wow. Uh, never. How bad so did it what, get? What happens to teachers who dare yeah. to try and buck the system? I have teacher friends who've stood up at the National Education Association as representatives. They've been spit upon because they dared to push back against the radical sex ed. They've been pushing back on it for 30 years. They've been spit upon. They've been booed off the platform. When they try to go back to their seat, big burly men will block their way and they can't get back to their seat. Um, they're, they're people scream in our faces. Uh, when myself and, and uh, nine other California teachers, when we brought our lawsuit against the teacher unions, the uh, teacher union president called us the spawn of Satan. They write evil things about us in the media. Uh, they give money to Media Matters. Media Matters has written hit pieces and, and hit uh, videos against me because I dare to do what's right for my students. I dare to protect children from being sexualized. I dare to protect them from being lied to. I dare to defend their parents and their parents' rights. And what is the, the uh, award I've gotten for that from the teacher unions? I've been bullied. I've been called horrible names in front of my own children. I've been... Um, you know, isolated at work. When I brought my lawsuit, all of a sudden, teachers I'd been friends with for years, they wouldn't talk to me anymore in a public place. They wouldn't sit with me anymore. Totally isolated because that's how the unions do it. They, um, you know, they're bullies and they make sure that uh, that if you dare to question them or push against, push back against them, that your life's miserable. They make your life miserable. So thank God there's there's some teachers out there who say, you know what? We don't care how you treat us. We're going to do the right thing. And they've stood up and there's thousands of them. At first, there was just a couple of hands full. There's thousands of them. Dozens of them are in my book. Dozens of them are in our movie. So uh, thank God we're, we're finally gaining a voice and um, exposing these unions for what they really are. Uh, they're brutal people and no one should trust them. Yeah. Again. Wow. You know, we know this, but hearing it from somebody who's on the ground level having to deal with it, it just brings it to life. We're going to get into your movie. We're going to get into your book. But first, we need to get into your background. Tell the people your background and how you even got to the point of even wanting to do something like this. As far as I mean, I don't mean teach, which is a great thing, but take on the system. 
Yeah. Well, I always wanted to be a teacher from the time I was 12 years old. I knew I was going to be a teacher. I love children. And when I was learning as a child, I didn't get a good education. I was in the public school system in California and, and they always left out details. Like they would teach me this big picture without teaching me the small parts or teach me a small part without the big picture. So I was always lost and I was a hardworking student and I got really good grades because my dad didn't allow us to not get good grades. So, <laughs> um, so thank God I did well, but I wanted to teach children well. I wanted to get into this system and do it right. And so um, became a teacher in the public schools in California. And what happened to me was I was a student teacher. I was 22 years old, learning in the classroom of an amazing master teacher. Thank God I had her example. She taught me everything I know about teaching well. But while I was teaching with her, I witnessed every single day this other teacher who was abusing her students every day. This was out on the playground. She's trying to get them lined up after recess. She would scream at them. She'd grab them and yank them, get right in their little faces. It was almost always the wiggly little boys she would pick on. They couldn't stand still if their lives depended on it. And she's screaming at them. They were first graders. They came up to her waist. I was terrified of her. So I went to report her behavior to my master teacher. And I said, you know, I see child abuse. I'm supposed to report it. And she sat me down. She said, today's the day you learn about teacher unions. And she told me the unions were defending this woman. The district couldn't get rid of her. The kids were out of luck. And she also told me that the unions were spending teacher money on radical politics and things that were against the values of teachers and that there was nothing teachers could do about it. So that's how I found out. I was a 22 year old student teacher. So I become a teacher. They, they put a contract in front of me. They put the union immediately walked in as soon as you sign the contract, mm -hmm. you know, sign this. And I said, no, thanks. I don't, I don't want to be a part of a union. You, you abuse children. You let teachers abuse children. And they told me, if you want to teach, you'll pay us. And so what I found out was I didn't have to be a member and I didn't have to pay dues, but I had to accept their representation and I had to pay fees. And the difference between dues and fees at that time was like $50 a year. So I was paying hundreds of dollars a year to a union I neither wanted I neither, I didn't like them. They were undermining my values and my classroom and my work environment, and there was nothing I could do about it. So uh, throughout all my career, I noticed that it was the unions that were making it so parents couldn't choose the education they wanted for their kids. It was the unions that was um, backing all of this legislation that I was against. It was the unions that was um, undermining parents. They were just doing so many awful things and I was forced to pay them. So halfway into my career, I decided, since I'm forced to pay these people, I'm going to become a full member and I'm going to become a union rep. And I did. And I got on the inside. And so for three years, I was a, on the executive board of my local union and I started going to state level uh, conferences. And that's where I saw the full unadulterated truth. Mm -hmm. All I saw there, there was it had nothing to do with teachers. Every every table that was at the Expo Center, they were Planned Parenthood, uh, Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, um, you know, everything about abortion and far left politics, nothing about teaching children. And I would go to these um, meetings and try to get help for my students. They didn't want to help my students. All they wanted to do was bully me and do politics. And we all got bullied at these events. So I decided um, to step down from that position and I started writing editorials. And really, it was God that asked me to write the editorials. I didn't Amen. want to do it. I was terrified. I didn't know how to do it. I knew how to write, but I'd never submitted an editorial. I, I had no idea. But when God asks you to do something, you do it. And he blesses it. And he did. So I started writing editorials in the fall of 2012 to uh, expose these unions for what they really were. They were picked up quickly and nationally. And within six months, 
I was lead plaintiff in a federal lawsuit suing the National Education Association, the California Teachers Association, and my local union, and my superintendent, nothing personal, but they allow unions to collect dues through paycheck paycheck deductions, Mm -hmm. so the taxpayers are collecting dues. So we wanted to sue against that, too. So 10 California teachers stood up. We sued these unions, and our case was heard at the U.S. Supreme Court. And that changed my entire life. And so in 2016, after our case was finished, uh, I left the classroom. I wrote my book, Standing Up to Goliath. And my husband and I started a nonprofit for kids in country because we couldn't find any other organization out there that understood what teachers are going through and how to give them a voice. So we just try to give teachers a voice every day and try to bring teachers and parents back together again because the unions have divided us. They use divide and conquer like critical theory, critical race theory, that's divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. And so we just try to be bring people back together again and educate them about what you were talking about, the communist goals to destroy us and what's going on in our schools and, and how we restore it. Yeah, that that's a wonderful thing. And when God is for you and you're doing something that he has ordained, you cannot fail. So speaking of along those lines, please explain the, the premise of your book, Standing Up to Goliath, why you wrote it and why all parents should read it. Wow. I wrote it because teachers don't have a voice. So the teacher unions are behind the the mainstream media and they're behind this whole um, messaging agenda. And so their message is that the teacher unions stand for teachers and they are, you know, it's the teacher union activists who are sexualizing the kids and pushing critical race theory and, uh, you know, teacher unions push anti-discipline policies and all these nightmares in our schools. But teachers don't agree with it. The majority of teachers are against the teacher union agenda. They're against what's going on in our schools. They would never sexualize a child, but these teachers are being chased out of the classroom. They're retiring early. They're going into different careers. They're devastated. They miss the kids so much, but they have literally been chased out of their jobs or they're trying to survive in a corrupt system and they're terrorized and they're silenced. So we decided, um, teachers need a voice. And so I wrote Standing Up to Goliath because I had met when I, when we brought the lawsuit, because I was the lead plaintiff. So my face was out there. My name was out there. Teachers started reaching out to me and they started meeting these brave teachers around the country. So I just said, let's get our voice out there. So I interviewed all of them. And so Standing Up to Goliath is a book full of testimony because Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. And so I knew testimony was important and powerful. So I listened to all their stories and Standing Up to Goliath is a compilation of all of their stories of how the unions brutalized them, lied to them, you know, harmed their students, harmed them. And we help people to understand that the unions are the root. They are the root evil that is causing all these uh, uh, horrible branch issues that are happening in our schools. They're the root of this poisoned root of this poisonous tree. So um, that's what the book does. It exposes the unions. There's three chapters exposing the sex ed. There's a chapter exposing the uh, anti-discipline policies that come from Obama era policies that the teacher unions promoted. Um, We expose that the PTA is corrupted, has been corrupted by the unions. And so you shouldn't be paying the PTA or joining the PTA. Uh, We expose all kinds of stuff. And then I also weave in there my story and the story of my fellow plaintiffs and how we uh, finally sued the unions. And um, it's just a it's a book 
we hope that it will bring, we hope the parents and teachers will read it. We hope the parents will adopt every teacher they know and hand them a copy, loan them your copy, so the teachers can learn the truth, because teachers are very confused. They've been deceived for a very long time. They've been told the unions are their friend. They've been told they're going to be sued if the unions don't protect them. It's all lies. So we ask parents to stand with teachers and adopt them and teach them. And uh, that book was the first thing that I was able to do uh, as kind of a teaching tool for parents and teachers. And that's so that's why I wrote it. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. And, and uh, you know, the, the key thing there, one of the key things I'm taking out of this that you're saying is there's strength in numbers. And by putting out and letting other people hear other teachers, there's somebody in that book that you can relate to, be it a male or female or their experience is going to be something. That, yes. And how yes. they handle that. Such such a wonderful yes. thing. Now, everybody, the death knell to teachers union is charter schools. They don't want anything to do with charter schools. <laughs> but what Rebecca's about to tell you that you may not under may not want to believe, but she's going to tell you it's true, is when this lawsuit came out, the likes of a Kamala Harris, a Barack Obama, a Joe Biden, were they backing Rebecca saying, yes, we need to straighten out. The public school system, so these black and brown and homosexual, whatever, all these kids, all our little kids can learn. So they, I'm sure that that Brock and uh, Harris and Biden and a lot of the leftist leadership got right behind that teacher's uh, lawsuit of yours, right? <laughs> I love this. So, um, wow. Barack Obama and the Obama administration actually <laughs> intervened against us in our lawsuit. Not they, Barack. Uh, oh yeah, oh, Barack and the and the Obama administration intervened the entire country of the United States of America against ten teachers standing for our students, standing against the sexualization of our kids, standing against the undermining of parents, standing against using teachers for evil. Barack Obama and his pals intervened against us. So did Kamala Harris. She was the attorney general of the state of California at that time. She intervened the entire state of California against us. So the reason my book is called Standing Up to Goliath is when we were bringing our case, it was 10 California teachers, all Christians, by the way. We didn't know each other beforehand, but we all stepped up. 10 California teachers. We were standing against the most powerful national union and most wicked National Education Association. We were standing against the most powerful union in our state, California Teachers Association. We had enough, you know, to fight. And then Obama brings the entire state of uh, United States of America against us. And Kamala Harris brings our entire state of California against us, including my tax dollars. So everybody said, my gosh, you're like David versus Goliath. And we took a lot of hope in that because David won. David won in the power of God against Goliath. So we held our heads high and said, yeah, yeah, we're David. We're standing with God. And so when we went to the U.S. Supreme Court and our oral arguments were heard, our attorney stood on our side and argued for us. And against us, there were three attorneys, the Solicitor General of the State of California, 
the Solicitor General of the United States of America, and the union's attorneys. So the Democrats stand 100% with teacher unions who are brutalizing teachers, who are bullies, who are sexualizing children, who are undermining parents, who are lying to America, who have destroyed our educational system, who have caused all these children to get dyslexia because they've removed the excellent phonics instruction that children need when they're little, when they're learning how to read. They have removed excellent science. They have brought in lies. They're undermining America. That's the Democrat Party with the teacher unions. They're in bed together. Their money's together. They support each other. The teacher unions fund all of these uh, uh, far left, what they call progressive, I call regressive Democrats, who are, who are slaughtering babies in the womb. This is what the so-called teacher unions do with the Democrats. And I've had enough of it. And the teachers I know have had enough of it. And that's why we sued them. And that's why we keep fighting them. Yeah. And, and we have to keep the fight up because they always think uh, Republicans, conservatives are going to back down sooner or later, but not this time. You've got to keep the fight going. Now, there's there's an obvious question that people in America would ask at this point because you've given them a lot of great information. But there's one piece that has to be explored because people are going to go, OK, I hear you, Gary. I hear you, Rebecca. I see it. But the big question would be, why? People, it's about power. Here's the dirty little secret they don't want you to know. If they can keep the public school system down, if they can keep the people who go to public school uneducated, if they can have them having kids out of wedlock, not knowing what sex they are, all kind of stuff going on to keep them from ever actualizing the American dream, if they can keep them on the government dime, they will have their votes forever. This is yep. about power. This is yep. about using the educational system to keep people from earning an honest or earning a type of living that where you start making some money and go, gee, the Democrats are taking all my money. I'm voting the other way. They want you on the government dime. They want government to be your daddy, not God. Is that a fair assessment? That's 100 percent true. Very fair. And I would like your just to let your listeners know that our American founders warned us. They told us in their writings this. The only way to keep a free republic is with a well-educated and moral citizenry that can self-govern. You cannot self-govern if you're immoral, if your families are falling apart, mm -hmm. if your fathers aren't raising the kids. You cannot keep a free republic if your citizenry is not well-educated and they can't read and they can't write and they can't do mathematics and they can't think for themselves. This is a and the, the so-called teacher unions and the Democrat Party are the existential threat to the American free republic. They are a massive threat that we must stop. And yes, they are doing it on purpose. And yes, it's for their power. I cannot get into their brains. I don't understand why they would want you know, to make so many people miserable. Communism has never worked. I don't know why they would want to cause so much death and destruction. All I can guess is that they, they, they're under demonic influence. That's the only thing I can guess, because why else would they think that way? We have to stop them. It's critical. The hour is late. You said earlier that people don't necessarily see it till the, till the last minute. We're at the 11th hour, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. Mm -hmm. And people must awaken. If they don't, we will lose this free republic. 
it'll be gone and we will lose our freedoms. We'll, our kid, we won't leave our kids a free nation. We won't leave them the right to worship God as they wish, to raise their children as they wish. These so-called teacher unions and their radical friends, look, they're involved in all kinds of destruction of family. Uh, your listeners might not know that the um, social services is also unionized. Mm-hmm. Why is it that the highest number of children who are sex trafficked are in the social services? Why is that? I'd like to ask their union why. Why are those children in so much danger? The church should be taking care of those kids. Not, you know, the synagogue should be taking care of those kids. Not the government. They're, they're, they're destroying us. And their unions are a big part of it. They're behind this, this radical agenda. This is, this is true. Rebecca, I'm glad you brought up the Founding Fathers because what you just said, the Founding Fathers did not set it up this way. It set it up for limited government, small government. They're, the schools were not even supposed to be, gov- there's nothing in the Constitution about government schools. If, if anything, the opposite. So because of this, is this the reason American history has been rewritten and the work of our founding fathers has been intentionally distorted and perverted because they've got to marginalize them and make us forget what they did to make this work? Absolutely, yes. Um, It's one of the first things that um, tyrants always do. If you look back in history, they always work to destroy the history of a country. Because if the people don't know their history, you can turn the people against their country. So that's precisely what they're doing. And another thing they've done, and this might seem unrelated, but I see this as so evil. They've removed cursive handwriting from most of our schools. Now, homeschoolers are getting it. My students were getting it when I was still in the classroom. But most schools are not teaching cursive handwriting anymore. Why am I bringing this up? All of our founding documents are written in cursive. If you can't read Read cursive, you can't read the founding documents and you can be lied to. You can go online and read some copy that's been rewritten and and isn't accurate because, you know, you can only read the printed copy. Um, The other thing is cursive helps uh, your brain power. So does music. They keep removing music from our schools. Music is incredibly important for building the brain um, and making children uh, able to learn in other subjects like mathematics. So um, they really are uh, purposely destroying uh, the very foundation of our country. And that is morals, and education. Those are foundational. And so it is, you know, it, I'm just so glad that you see it and that your listeners have the benefit of learning from you. It's, it's, it's so key that we restore this. Yeah. Well, thank you for those kind words. My listeners learn from you and people that I bring. That's why I try and bring on people or the only people I do bring on are people that know know what they're talking about and have something to really, really say that have credentials and you have credentials. And speaking of credentials, they tried to marginalize you. And as you said, the Obamas and the Kamala Harris, who was in working in California at that point, they tried to marginalize you. But Donald J. Trump, took you and put you I was watching I said oh I like what she had to say talk about how it came about that you got to speak at the 2020 Republican National Convention and if am I correct that this wasn't something that you knew about way in advance it kind of just like popped up there this is exactly what happened all I can say is God wanted me to speak at the RNC I pinched myself all the way there. 
even after, you know, they had to record them because of the whole COVID thing. It wasn't live. They recorded it earlier in the day. Even then, I thought I wasn't going to be on. There's just no way. I ended up being the first speaker. I mean, After Charlie, Charlie Kirk, right? Yeah, Charlie Kirk came out and introduced the whole thing, and I was right after him. It blew me away. I wasn't even watching. I was out at a restaurant with a friend, and I, I, so I didn't even see it. So I was so sure I wasn't going to be on. And that told me, if they put me on first... Donald J. Trump was going to come after the teacher unions. And that excited me. Uh, and, you know, and I pray that we still get the opportunity to do that. Um, how did it happen? I, it was just God. God brought together different people in my life, had connected me to different people at the National Department of Ed, had connected me to Secretary DeVos. Um, and about, um, I'd say about nine months earlier in December 2019, I had been invited to the White House for a roundtable discussion where I shared my testimony just very briefly um, and was telling President Trump, he was saying he wanted to support educational freedom where parents could, you know, weren't trapped in these government schools. And so I came to speak on behalf of teachers and said, we stand with you, President Trump. The teachers unions claim we don't. We do. They're liars. Teachers agree with you. We want what's best for the children and their families. So that's how I first got connected. And I really honestly have no idea how I, I was invited to the, the RNC, but I was so honored and just um, still humbled that they would allow me to speak and hopeful that at some point we can turn things around and get Donald J. Trump back in where he belongs. I believe mm -hmm. he should be there right now and, um, you know, and, and take out these teacher unions, because in my opinion, government unions need to be illegal. They need mm -hmm. to be made illegal because they never were supposed to be uh, ever. We had government, I mean, private unions we had, but government unions were not permitted and they were able to weasel their way in and they have done nothing but bring destruction to every one of our agencies and institutions, including the institution of the family. So it's time for us to make them illegal. And I hope that I'll get to be a part of doing that at some point. Yeah, well, you've been you were a part of that. And boy, to be a part of a national movement, that's saying something. Please explain as the founder of the National Movement for Kids and Country, how you and your husband you got that venture together and has got it to branch out to be what it is today. <laughs> well, starting for kids and country, we just did that in faith. We had no money. We didn't know what we were doing. We just knew we needed to give voice to teachers and we needed parents to stop believing that teachers were bad. Real teachers, you know, the unions are bad. We needed to get that message out there. And we, we started talking to all the, we, we were connected to hundreds of organizations around the country and we were talking to different ones and asking them and none of them, just none of them were in that sweet spot of knowing how to reach teachers. They're, they had different visions. And so we realized we had to start our own organization. So we just asked God for help and he brought us some folks. We learned a lot. Uh, we made a lot of mistakes, uh, but we finally brought it together. And my husband and I are both volunteers and we, um, we have some wonderful folks that we've brought on that, that work with us and get our voice out there. And we just, you know, I would just like to say to your listeners, if they've ever had something that they believe they're supposed to do or God's asked them to do or they've dreamed of doing, but they've been too afraid to do it because it's just too big, don't be afraid. Go do it, especially if God told you, because this was way too big for us. It's still way too big for us. We still don't know how we do it, uh, but God shows up every day and he sends us the most amazing people. We're still amazed at some of the people. I got to meet President Trump. Wow. I mean, what an honor. Um, and, and that never would have happened had I not taken the step of faith 
and continue to stay, take steps of faith every day. It's hard. It's exhausting. Sometimes I really want to give up. But then I meet people like you, Gary, and I feel encouraged and I keep moving forward. So well, that's how we do it. Thank you for that, Ben. And it's because of people like you that I keep moving forward and keep bringing on other guests because, you know, it's a tough way to road to hoe when you're trying to do a conservative Christian show because, you know, all the forces are the left and they control the whole media. They try and stop you from getting the voices out there. But, um, you know, as you said, if you're doing something for God and I do this for God, family, country and constitution and you do what you do for God, because if you're going to go that route, you, you know, you will have an avenue. Now, you just said what the organization is. Please tell people what it does, what what exactly. And we'll get we'll let you at the end. You can talk about how they can reach you. But tell them if you right now, you can tell them how to reach your, your organization. And what does it actually do if they were to go on your website? And what, what are they going to say? Thanks so much for asking this. So they can find us at forkidsandcountry.org. And at For Kids and Country, we actually help to empower parents and teachers to stand together to get rid of unions uh, or at least stop paying them and to take authority again at your school. So if you came to For Kids and Country and you clicked on uh, join the movement and went to our join the movement for kids and country page. We would teach you how to adopt a teacher. It's very easy so that you can empower the teachers around you. Um, most teachers are people of faith. Most teachers are conservative. Most people don't know that, but that's true. Even according to teacher union surveys over 35 years, the majority of teachers are conservative. So um, they're ready. They're waiting for you. They're afraid. So we teach you how to adopt them. We also walk teachers through something we call union exit. All they have, if they're on that landing page, that join the movement landing page, they click union exit. We literally walk them through no matter what union they're in, all 50 states. They click on their state. They click on their union. We walk them through opting out. They don't have to pay the union anymore. We won them the right to stop paying the union. So you educate them that they don't have to pay them anymore through adopting them. You educate them on what their unions are doing, the evil they're doing through my book, through our website, through the movie we just launched. Um, and then they have the, the they, you stand with them. They can union exit. We walk them through everything. At part of our union exit, we have a toolkit where we, we answer all the terrifying questions teachers have and we succinctly answer them and tell them the truth so they're not under deceit anymore. And we show them how to get liability insurance so they won't be afraid of getting sued. They don't need the unions. So we walk them through that. We also have on that same page, they can click on, anyone can click on school options and we work with, uh, we partner with another group and we actually help parents to see that there are dozens of different ways to educate your children and teachers too. We need teachers in these other options so you're not trapped in the public schools. There's so many other options for you. You can even make more money in these other options, teachers. So we're just empowering people. We're showing them the truth. You don't have to stay trapped in these corrupt government schools. There's other options. You don't have to stay trapped in these corrupt government unions and continue funding the demise of our country and your beliefs. Stop paying them. They'll help you. And then we um, also have other resources like toolkits where we help parents to understand what's really going on in our schools. We have a toolkit on critical race theory. We have one on the sex ed. We have one on how to how a parent can advocate for their child at a school board at, at a district. So we just empower. We educate. We empower. We bring people together. We network them. And we just help them to uh, stage a mass union exit, a mass public school exit, because we believe that people need to abandon this current corrupt government school 
system. We also have information on there to help teachers to see what the unions are really doing with their money, what their politics really is. And so we just are empowering people and educating them and hoping eventually that we can build a big enough network of people to have a loud enough voice to say, unions, we don't want you anymore, and to get them out. Yeah. Amen to that. Rebecca, you just went down another rabbit hole. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you your mic drop moment. This is a mic drop moment. I'm going to say three words. Just kick back and listen. Critical race theory. (laughs) Critical race theory is Marxism. It's communism. It's called critical theory, and it's basically divide and conquer. And what do the communists do? They use critical theory in every country they try to destroy, they use critical theory. And if you're in a country like China where everybody's Chinese, well, they're gonna use critical class theory or some other way to divide everybody. Critical vaccination theory, are you vaccinated or not vaccinated? But in America where we're the melting pot, we have all these different colors and we love each other. My students and I used to say, we live Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream because we had 42 languages on our campus. The kids were every color, every color of eyes, you know, and we all loved each other based on the content of her character. Well, so the teacher unions and their communist friends had to come in and destroy that. So what did they do? They decided to divide us by race. Critical race theory is just a way to divide us all by race. They divide us by sex. They divide us by religion. They divide us in every way they possibly can. America is a melting pot. We are not a divisive country. We are not built on slavery. That's a lie. That's a lie coming from these communists who want to destroy us. So the best thing we can do is reject any kind of critical theory, any kind of divide and conquer, stand together, build our uh, our networks and grow our networks so that we can stand against this wicked. It's wicked. Critical race theory is wicked. Absolutely. And it's coming from the pits of hell and we need to stand against it uh, because um, you know, standing together for what's right and what's righteous. And we are the majority. Our view is the majority view. We just don't have the loudest voice because we don't own the media like the left does. So stand together, make a loud noise, and we can bring this down. We can stop this critical theory before it destroys us. Yeah, because it's the, it's the latest Resident Evil. Now, people, you know, back in the day, back with the uh, the radicals of the 60s and everything, you know, it was always about the issues. It's never, excuse me, never about the issues. It's always about the revolution and the Karl Marx whole thing was revolution. But America, they, they couldn't get us, they couldn't get them to overthrow the government by force, by revolution. So they turned to cultural Marxism. And the cultural Marxism, exactly what you talked about, things like critical race theory by divide and conquer, uh, race, gender, and class. Like, you know, God has his trio, his holy trio, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The left has their unholy trio, race, gender, and class. Pit black against white, pit rich against poor, male against female. Create all kind of anarchy and stuff. People blowing at each other's throat, then come in on your white horse or black horse in their case. And the thing that you the fuse you lit. Now you're going to come in and say, now we got to clean this stuff up when you created the mess in the first place. So critical race theory, no place for it. Again, there is Rebecca just said, they're trying to divide us any way they can, because that's what they're about. They claim to be all about unity, but they're all about division. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
The other thing that you mentioned just recently was about another one of your great ventures. Whose children are they exposing the hidden agenda in America's schools? Uh, a wonderful documentary. Please tell people about the documentary. Two people beside you who have been guests on my podcast, Alex Newman, Dr. Carol Swain. They are in it. Please tell how this movie came about and why everybody needs to see it. Well, thank you. Whose Children Are They came about because about four years ago, we realized a lot of people don't read books. And I had written this book, sharing all these testimonies. A lot of people don't read books. They want to see something in movie form. So that's what got us to start working on it. And California was infiltrated by the radical sex ed. And so we all of a sudden had all these parents awakening in California. So we were working together with these parents and some teachers, and we started to make this movie 100% in faith. We had no money. And so we just kept moving forward. And about, oh, a year and a half ago, we were connected to a team that really knew how to make a movie and who had a lot of experience in that. We were educators, they were movie makers. So we partnered with them and we were able to get some funding. And um, so just like my book, Standing Up to Goliath, Whose Children Are They? is full of testimonies, personal testimonies of brave teachers, parents who are pushing back on all this radical agenda. We even have some students in there who share their testimonies of how they feel suicidal or you know what happened to them, how they were bullied. Um, and so we share all the things that are going on in our schools. Critical race theory is a big part of this movie. So is the sex ed. Uh, so are the, the anti-discipline policies that have literally turned our schools into war zones and led to school shootings. We have um, testimonies of uh, parents whose children were murdered in school shootings, including Andy Pollock, whose daughter was uh, murdered in the Florida shooting uh, at Parkland, and some parents whose child was murdered in the STEM school shooting in Colorado. And so we just share all of these testimonies, and we help people to understand that the root cause of all of these problems is so-called teacher unions and their um, political allies. And so that if people would just stop funding these government unions, and then there would be less money for all those allies, and we could um, start working on restoring our schools. And we could stop all these nightmares that are going on. There is a reason, you, you have to understand when something changes, we had an amazing educational system, and now it's a nightmare. What is the deviation? What changed? It's the so-called teacher unions got their stronghold. When did they get their stronghold? In the 1960s. You saw all that mess in the 1960s? Yeah, same people were behind that mess mm -hmm. that are behind this mess. It took them a while. They started in the late 1800s. They had to take over our teacher colleges. They had to undermine. They had to take over, you know, just everything. They've, they've infiltrated everything in our school system. And now they have their stronghold. And we can see the mess they've made. So it's time for us to stop it. And uh, we're in a hurry. So that's why we made Whose Children Are They? We're hoping that it will be a tool to empower parents and teachers and churches and synagogues to show it to their community. Uh, don't show it to the kids. Get child care. It, it's, it's not suitable for it's only for mature audiences, even though they're teaching this stuff in our schools. And so we're hoping it will educate people and waken more people uh, worldwide to stop this uh, demise and to return, return to our, our virtue and return to truth and to remove these evil people from our schools. Yes. Uh, please tell people how they can uh, see this, how they can get this. They can go to whosechildrenarethey.com, whosechildrenarethey.com. They can bring it to a church. And starting on April 15th, it will be available via individual uh, download streaming. So they find everything at whosechildrenarethey.com.
Brandon had a what you had in the movies for one day. Was there a situation in which it was played? And yeah, yeah, it launched. It had a theatrical release one day in the movie theaters on March 14th, and since then it's just been available for churches and communities and schools to uh, show as a group event of ten or more people. And then, like I said, starting April 15th, it'll be available for individuals. Yeah, that's great to hear. Now, everything we've talked about. You know, obviously it's been negative because this is an assault on um, God, family, country, constitution, the whole thing. Are you seeing are you seeing a light at the end of the tunnel? In other words, with everything you've done, everything that Dr. Swain does, that Alex does, that that I look to do. Are you starting to see parents are starting to catch on? Like, are they starting to, like, run for school board? What helps getting into grassroots movement things? Because, you know, Democrats, it just seems, Rebecca, by nature, are activists. They just get involved in causes. Republicans, conservative, raise families, business-oriented. You know, it's like, are you starting to see people really starting to catch on to this? Oh, finally, thank God. So when the, when the whole COVID nonsense started mm-hmm. and they closed down the schools, and they started the home. First of all, people thought I was crazy. I said, thank you, God, the children are rescued from the public schools. I was so <laughs> thankful. It was an answer to prayers. But of course, the mess they created um, wasn't very helpful to parents and kids. But thank God parents started to see this wicked agenda that's being pushed onto their children. And, and they're stepping up all over the place. I've never seen anything like it. I've been in this battle for over 30, I'd say 35 years. And uh, for all these years, uh, people wouldn't listen to me. They didn't believe me. They couldn't possibly believe that this could be going on in our schools or that unions were bad. They just didn't want to believe it. A lot of people got mad at me for it. Um, but now they see. They see what we already knew was happening for the last 30 years because we saw it on the inside of the unions. And so so thank God they're not only waking up and joining school boards, they're starting organizations, they're rallying, um, you know, they're voting, they're getting their friends involved. Thank God. And if we can uh, fix the election fraud and all that other crazy stuff going on, we have nothing but hope. But we cannot, you know, I said this to people right after our lawsuit was heard. I said, look, when a win comes, we can celebrate for about 30 minutes and then we got to get right back to work. You cannot rest. You cannot take a break. You have to constantly fight. And another thing, so often people rely on people like me or people like you. Oh, you go out and do it. No, I'm sorry. One person can't do it. A dozen people can't do it. Uh, uh, you know, a radio host or a people like person like me. You know what happens when we do it by ourselves? We get exhausted and we get burned out. No, we need millions to stand up with us and fight this. This is all our battle and it's worth it. I mean, we, we're either going to go down a hole into communism and they'll start taking our kids away from us, take our homes from us, take everything else, or we can fight and we can keep our Republic. And you know, I don't think there's a choice, right? We don't have time to no, rest. No. So yeah, thank God people are waking up and we pray that more and more will join them. Yeah. And we're seeing this in all areas. Election fraud is showing all kinds of things. The assault against Donald Trump, the assault against American nationalism, assault against America first. You know, the the globalists, you know, we're seeing that split and people are starting to see and seeing what's going on. I have a personal question here I want to ask you that ties into what I think. uh, And you could tell me what you think. uh, The big issue is that this whole thing that the 
left is doing in the schools is a full frontal, all-out attack against our Judeo-Christian values. They've gotten God out of the schools, out of the workplace, out of the government, the Ten Commandments. Anything of a God-righteous nature has been removed from the schools. Here's one of the reasons I ask. Um, my background, I have always had a heart for children and the elderly. I'm patient. Like when my mother was in a nursing home, I just love being around them, push them in the wheelchairs. I'm patient with older people and lo- always have loved children. I Basically, people tell you I've never grown up, right? Uh, so I taught Sunday school for a number of years, ages 7 through 12. And this was the disheartening question that I could never answer. Mr. Benford, my parents tell me I'm supposed to listen to you because you're teaching me the Bible and you're teaching me that God created the heavens and the earth and me. But Mr. Benford, my parents are telling me I need to listen to the teachers in school and get good grades. And they're telling me we came from nothing and then matriculated to an ape or whatever that evolution. Who am I supposed to believe? Mm -hmm. Wow. That question leads me to this answer. This is why you need to pull your children out of the public schools. Amen. Because you, I always told my children, uh, you better obey that teacher. But hey, wait a minute. These teachers are teaching children to mm-hmm. change their gender behind their parents' back. Mm-hmm. Lie, to their, lie to their parents. Mm-hmm. Satan is the author of lies. He's the father of lies. So they're doing Satan's work. If they're teaching children to lie and lying to children, telling them that the evolution is true when it's not, that's a lie. So your children are being confronted with lies. And if you're a good teacher in that corrupt system, like I was, I wasn't teaching the children lies, but the system was lying to me. And I was lied to by a lot of people and the, and the, the corruption and the, the curricula, the common core, all of this stuff, it's a lie. So it's time for us to get out of this. Truly, if this is good versus evil. This is a demonic system of lies. So it's time to pull your children out. It's time for good teachers. Hey, let's start new. Let's start new schools. Let's let's give parents other options. Let's work with parents. Let's do homeschool co-ops. Let's go to forkidsandcountry.org and check, click on the school options and find out all the different options. We must pull our kids out of this corrupt system. Now, if we can fix the corrupt the system and make it uncorrupt. Okay, but we got to go back to the way our founders did it. It's not these big, giant, industrial complex schools where children get lost and hurt and bullied. And no, that's not God's way. And so we just need to restore. And they, it sounds hard, but all we have to do is go back. We already have the template. We just have to go back and do it the way it was done. In the beginning of our country, when over 90% of Americans were reading and writing fluently and well, uh, just go back to that. And the Bible used to be, uh, you know, on the school desk and you, right. you, you had you had the word of God and, a, and an understanding. And as you know, education in the Bible, there's not a bunch of stuff about education. The only thing in education is there raise your kids in the ways of the Lord. That's right. the way, because without that, you're going to, you know, what, what are you going to have? I, I have a question I want to ask you about bigger kids, because this one still just <laughs> When I went to Ohio University back in, and I'm from New Jersey, but I went to Ohio University, and back in the day, it only cost like, uh, as an out-of-state student back in the 70s, it only cost like four grand a year. Now it's 40, 50, 60, 70 thousand dollars, and I know you have uh, grown children. Why, in your opinion, do these parents spend 
upwards of $80,000 a year to send their kids to Marxist, socialist, mm-hmm. communist schools. Mm-hmm. We're talking about universities, the Harvards and all the universities. Mm-hmm. Why do they send these to, to turn them in? You're, you're spending like upwards of 120 to 180 thousand dollars of your hard-earned money to have them come back and tell you you're a racist you're this you're that you you know the, the kids hate them hate the country come back want to burn you know why do why why do parents keep doing this i think there's several answers i think the first one's peer pressure I think it's, they're deceived. They actually believe, because for a long time we were told you can't get a good job in this country unless you're uh, educated in a college, university. So these parents still believe that. They don't realize their children are gonna be lied to. I, I know so many parents, their kids were Christians when they went to school and they come back atheists. I, I know a woman who's, who, uh, whose child came back, hate, I mean, just hating her. This is because of the educational system. So these parents are, I think some of them are naive. I think some of them, you know, are going along with the culture. But my goodness, 180,000, give your kid a down payment on a really nice house. Buy him a house cash in some places. Um, Parents need to awaken that there really are only maybe two handful of colleges in this country that are good anymore. Hillsdale College and a few others. Mm -hmm. We're teaching your kids Mm -hmm. the truth. Okay. The, I went to a Christian college and they taught me lies. Okay. Mm. Most of our colleges are usurped by this evil or they're woke or they're communist or, or they're just lousy and they're going to turn their, your children against you and against God. So, um, I would say to parents, you, you're going to stand before God someday and be accountable for how you spent your money and how you raised Mm -hmm. your kids. And I would implore you to not put your children into a university or a college. Um, my younger son is a welder. He makes a great living as a welder. And he didn't have to go into that crooked university system. He did get his welding training at a, at a junior college, but the welding program, the welding teachers were nice guys. They were conservatives. They weren't you know, teaching our son all this crazy stuff. So um, there's a lot of ways your young people can make a really good living without going to this wicked university system. Why has our government put so much into giving loans to these system because they want all your kids in that system. Mm-hmm. So if the government wants your kid there, you don't want them there. Do the opposite of what the government tells you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I, I will give a plug to Hillsdale. But one thing, if you go to Hillsdale College, which is in Michigan, you will come out knowing the Constitution. That's one yep. thing you will know. You will learn. Amen. And God. <laughs> but, yeah, amen. My final question, and then you can tell people how to reach you. My final question is really not a question. It's a statement. Please tell people the importance, the urgency of education educating and empowering teachers and other government employees to stage mass union exits and to fully reject government unions. Please tell them why it's so important to reject the quote unquote government union system. Yeah, we must reject the government unions because they are the transmission belts of communism in this country. They are the ones who are collecting Billions, tens of billions with a B, tens of billions annually from unsuspecting government employees, including teachers. They use those billions to fund that massive Democrat machine and this whole agenda against our freedoms. So um, if we stop giving them billions of dollars annually 
that they collect tax-free, that they collect through tax pay, uh, paycheck deductions. Uh, if we stop giving them that money, they won't have the money to destroy us anymore. That's how important this is. If I were the queen of the world, I would make sure that every single government employee in this country knew how wicked most of these government unions are and what they're involved in and how they're working to destroy our country so that they would find the courage to leave them. They can leave them in a nanosecond. We have all the information they need. On When you go to our website for kidsandcountry.org and click on that union exit, it's not just teachers we're helping, it's every government employee in the country, every union is on there. Please, please, please stop funding your union. And our goal is for us to get such a mass number of people rejecting the unions that they will then stand together and decertify the unions out of their workplace. You can do that with 50% plus one person voting against them. And also we dream of getting legislators and others to find the courage to stand up and say, Hey, unions are illegal and make them illegal. That's what we need. We need to get these unions out in order to save our country. Amen to that. Now, one other thing I just wanted to ask you, you did meet the uh, president Trump in, in DC, right? I did. Tell, tell me what it was like meeting him. It's interesting because I have not met President Trump. However, I have interviewed Donald Trump twice. Back when I was a sports writer in Newsday in, in um, New York back in the 80s when he owned the United States, when he owned the New Jersey Generals of the <laughs> United States Football League, when he signed Herschel Walker you know, who's running for Senate now, uh, when he signed Herschel Walker at the University of Georgia, I, I talked to him a couple times when he was a sports owner of that franchise. Never would I have thought in my wildest dreams that he would go on to become president. So what was it like finally wow. meeting him? Wow. I absolutely adored him. He felt like a grandpa. He was so sweet to all of us. We were sitting around the table in the cabinet, a cabinet, uh, what do they call it? The cabinet room or whatever, mm -hmm. around this oval table. And there were students there sharing their story of how they were able to escape dangerous schools and go to these wonderful, some of them Christian schools, some of them just private schools. And they were sharing their amazing stories. And I shared my story. He was so kind to us. He would clap for us after we shared our story. Um, you know, the, the fake media came in and they were so rude to all of us. And he asked them to get out. He said, that's it. You need to go. And once they left, he was so cute. He just looked at us and he said, you want to take a picture in the Oval Office? And he jumped out of his seat and we all followed him. And he was just the most gracious host. There were a lot of women that were working for him and men, but all these lies that he treats women unkind, I never felt that one second. And these women working for him were empowered. They were, they were just amazing women doing amazing things, and he was empowering them to do that. Nobody felt uncomfortable in that room. Well, we felt uncomfortable when the news media came in. It felt like demons walked in the room. Literally, everything changed when the media walked in. You could feel the, the hatred come into the room. But as soon as they were out, we were all also happy to be there and happy to be with him. He was delightful, uh, kind, inviting, the busiest man in the whole wide world, but he made us feel like, you know, we were the only thing on his plate that day. It was, I, I have nothing but good things to say about President Trump. God bless him. We pray for him every day and we pray that he will be the leader of our country again. He deserves to be and he should be. Amen for that. And you know, we're all hoping the same thing, at least the people that I know that understand God, family, country, constitution. He's the person that stood up to that and stood up to the unholy trio, as I call it, uh, liberalism, political correctness, 
uh, disingenuous mainstream media. Those three have to be brought down. Otherwise, we can't have a level playing field. Rebecca, I really appreciate you. Come on. Please tell people how they can reach you and anything else you'd like to promote. Thank you. They can reach us at forkidsandcountry.org for kidsandcountry.org. They can find everything they need to know there. Sign up for our newsletter. We'd love to keep in touch with you and uh, join our movement. Please adopt a teacher. Please educate the teachers in your life. Get them out of these unions and help them to escape these wicked, this wicked corrupt system. So for kidsandcountry.org. And people, you know, you got to understand here, they, they're, they're trying to steal them, snatch them young. It's, it's interesting. Uh, one of my guests uh, on a recent podcast was David Horowitz, and he was talking about, you know, how his parents, who were card-carrying Stalinists, had him in, like, as you were talking about, a communist preschool. I had no idea they started it that early, and that was way back in the day. Yep. <laughs> this is some scary stuff. So, Rebecca, thank you for coming on. You are always welcome to come back to the show. You have given people a lot to think about, and I hope people will take what you have told them and run with this because we can take this country back one heart at a time. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, and I'd love to come back. You are very welcome to do so. Everybody, Rebecca Friedrichs doing her thing, and her thing is so much needed because the young people of today, sooner or later, are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. I want to thank Rebecca Friedrichs for opening eyes as to what's really behind the devolution of our school system and what we can do to correct it. We've got to protect our kids because if we don't, who will? This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you subscribe to it. Leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. That's all for now. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.